0: Log
1: talk radio Hi everyone. I am Shivana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, Radio and Magazine. CEO, The Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today, we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support.
2: Hello, this is Najesty from Butterme Essentials, natural hair and body company. We are located in Brooklyn, New York. We are a family-owned company which is run by my husband Vaden and I. Do you have hair that is hard to manage? Having trouble with hair growth? Is your skin always dry? No problem. Butterme Essentials is here with the solution. We specialize in hair butters, pomades, hair elixirs, shampoos, conditioners. Luxury soaps, body butters, lotion bars, perfumes, scrubs, and so much more. All of our products is made with natural and organic ingredients such as shea butter, cocoa butter, mango butter, Jamaican black castor oil, avocado oil, Oregon oil, and essential oil. Hello, this is Najesty from Butterme Essentials, natural hair and body company. We are located in Brooklyn, New York. We are a family-owned company which is run by my husband Vaden and I. Do you have hair that is hard to manage? Having trouble with hair growth? Is your skin always dry? No problem. Butterme Essentials is here with the solution. We specialize in hair butters, pomades, hair elixirs, shampoos, conditioners, Luxury soaps, body butters, lotion bars, perfumes, scrubs, and so much more. All of our products is made with natural and organic ingredients. Such as shea butter, cocoa butter, mango butter, Jamaican black castor oil, avocado oil, Oregon oil, and essential oils. There is no sulfates, petroleum, mineral oils, or parabens. Just all natural goodness. If you would like to order our products, check out our website at buttermeessentials.com, dot com. dot or call six four six five two four three three five one six four six five two four three three five one check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, like our motto says, you deserve to be buttered
1: welcome. To All About Us Parents and Teens Talk. I am your host, Shavana Johnson. I want to thank you for joining us this evening. I have a lot of great things to tell you about All About Us. Um, let me give you a little bit about our mission. Uh, this show is sponsored by Roger and Shivana Johnson, they are the founders of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation and All About Us Global Media Production Group, TV, radio, and magazine. Um, The great news is we are now a 24-7 live radio station. We can be heard on Alexa. We can be heard on Google, Microsoft Play, Apple is coming soon, Roku, and a lot of other avenues for you to now listen to one of our many shows that we have on All About Us. Um, I'm very, very excited to have you uh, tune in tonight. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Miss Nicole Carr. She's going to be – we're going to be talking about purpose to passion. And that is something very near and dear to my heart, especially when dealing with the youth, to help them ignite and encourage them to find avenues to understand their purpose to passion. Um, we are – Excited about speaking with her and her projects and what is she is doing with her, um, as well as with her upcoming projects, in her recently released book, Broke. So stay tuned. We're going to be speaking with Miss Nicole Carr very shortly. But before she comes in, I'm going um, to read you a quick poem. It's called Hope. Hope is the thing with hope. Feathers. I, I like this poem because it it gives you encouragement and it talks about passion and the purpose and it, it I just I like it. I Always read it. It's called Hope is the Hope is the thing with feathers. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could be a bash that little bird that kept so many warm I've heard it in the chilliest land and on the strangest sea yet never in extremity is asked a crumb of me hope is the key to actually finding your purpose in Understanding your passion, it drives your vision into believe and encouraging your faith and standing on what you believe in. Hope is many things in what you believe and the positivity. You have to kind of squash the uh, negativity in the back, but you have to keep your hope alive. You keep your hope alive through faith. You have to hit challenges head on and focus. Focus is a big thing when you're trying to focus on your passion, um, believing in yourself, loving yourself, encouraging yourself, respect yourself. You know, you have to have all those things to balance you out. And that is the most significant thing when you're trying to find your purpose in To passion. We're going to be speaking with with Miss Nicole Carr very shortly, but we're going to take a quick break and we're going to listen to this song, Um, Lovely Inspiration. Um, I love this song by May, so stay tuned. Mm About Us Radio. I am your host, Shavana Johnson. That was May's lovely inspiration. I love that song, and that's a way to start off our evening because we're going to be speaking with Miss Nicole Carr. And we want to take a moment to welcome Miss Nicole Carr into the studio. How are you this evening, Miss Carr? Hi, Shavana. I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We're glad to have you. We're excited. Um, we're ready to hear the powerful leadership information That you're going to lay on us tonight And encourage us and give us words of enrichment and empowerment But before we do that We want to introduce you to our listeners um, We want to
3: know who is Miss Nicole Carr And what do you do? Okay, once again, thank you for having me I'm so excited to be here um, So again, my name is Nicole Carr I am currently a school administrator in Nassau County, Long Island, Um, and I recently became an author of a uh, book collaboration. Uh, The book is actually called I Hate Being Broke. It's basically keys to financial empowerment, especially for Mm -hmm. new entrepreneurs and those in the field already. Um, I also am a trainer I do professional development training um, in different areas in education. And also I have a blog site, and I also offer various programs through coaching, personal development programs, professional development programs, uh, mentor, instructional coach, kind of do a little bit of everything. (laughs) Um, Wow, very impressive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I am in the field of education. That's where I started. So uh, from that, I'm butting off into entrepreneurship, and I'm really enjoying the experience. I've already spoken at uh, various events as a motivational speaker, um, already offered services in different ways, um, working with women empowerment groups and things of that nature. So I'm excited to be here. Well, you know, what
1: brought you into the field that you're in now? What, what you know, you had to have a passion or a purpose when you were a um, teenager, graduated from high school, going to college. I know you probably had, what, three or four different majors, or you were focusedly set on becoming an educator. You just knew you wanted to be an educator right out the gate.
3: So what I've been blessed with is that I've always had a passion for education. Um, It always started from working with the little ones, even when I was babysitting my cousins and um, working with little kids, working at summer camps and things of that nature. So I always had a passion of working with kids and seeing them develop and grow and instilling information and wisdom. So I... But I actually when I went to um school and went to college I do have a bachelor's in um linguistics and languages. So but I, that's still education and then eventually I got my masters. I went to AmeriCorps um program in California and I worked in a school and I and I really basically worked with the program director there. We ran various programs for tutoring and after school and working in the classroom throughout the day, and it really inspired me to just get my master's in education. So from there, like, again, I've always been in education. I've worked for Girl Scouts, things of that nature, but I um, have always worked with kids in different capacities, whether it's during school day, after school, sports activities, mentorship activities. Um, So I've always have been on that path to education, just in different Sectors, It's different areas But I've always worked with the youth Um, So that that has definitely been a joy for me And to see that blossom and grow over time And within that I decided to keep going for my education And pursue my administration license um, And Mm -hmm. basically work with teachers To help them um, create best practices To work with their students And, again, the whole mentoring, the coaching, um, teaching is still a part of what I do in my field right now as an administrator. Got you. Now you said your degree was in linguistics. Yes,
0: I have a
1: bachelor's. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, your bachelor's. Um, What exactly is that so that people who are listening, you know, that might be thinking about going into linguistics, is that that like learning different languages or tell us what that is? It's the study
3: of languages. I actually Mm -hmm. took several courses throughout high school in French, Uh, so Mm -hmm. I was really interested in that um, field of learning languages. And, you know, I was at one point going to pursue my degree in French. That's how much French I've taken over the years. But just like if anything, you know, it takes a turn. And, you know, but I always had that background. And then eventually I took uh, classes in Spanish when I was in college. So I always had a love for learning new things, challenging mm-hmm. things. I even took an introductory course in Korean. So I actually know a few words in Korean. So that was a great uh, course as well. So I'm always wanting to explore new new and different avenues, but always had the background in working in education as well. So that was always tugging at, tugging at my heartstrings even though initially I kind of shied away from education, you know, but uh, you know, I guess it really was my calling at that point.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. So when you studied Korean, you said, what did you find? Um, what did you love about studying uh, Korean, or was it challenging? Or oh yeah. What was what? I mean, that seems like it would be a difficult language. To learn, there were many difficult languages. How did you find
3: studying Korean? It was extremely difficult um, because, along with um, understanding how to how to speak the language, it's there's tons of characters and symbols. But what was interesting about it is that once you get to know the characters and the symbols, they represent pictures, and they Ooh. have a strong meaning attached to them. So, like you'll see, like a little circle and a and a line. And you know it looks like gibberish to anybody else, but if you learn that, that means like I'm just making this up on 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 the spot. Like it may mean like a person doing something. It is attached to that word meaning. You know, so I thought that was so, and that takes a long time to learn. I only took an introductory course because it was actually a free course given by the Korean instructor. And you know, I'm always up for taking up new things, especially if it's free. So there was a whole mm-hmm. class of a, a lot of us who were just so interested in taking this language, and that's what we did for the semester. Um, we got workbooks and everything. Um, oh. And I I just remember a few words. One of them was, ne idim un Nicole I don't know how I remember that Things just kind of come <laughs> to me, but my name is Nicole, you know, and asyong Haseo is, hi, how are you? And I uh-huh. never forgot that, you know, funny enough. So, wow. you know, certain things just stuck to me with the language. But it was such an interesting course. It was fun. It was engaging. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, what was the most interesting thing was the pictures and what they represent. And in some languages, that's what they have. They have the pictures. And certain certain symbols are attached to certain pictures and lines wow. and shapes, and they always have a different meaning or a more in-depth meaning as you go along.
1: Oh wow, that sounds intriguing.
3: Um, it is. Have you have you studied any other languages outside of Korean and French? Uh, not recently. I actually need to brush back all my skills with Spanish because Spanish was the last language that I uh, studied. Um, but mm-hmm. being that I'm in the field of education and the influx of Spanish speaking families, um, mm-hmm. I've actually been using my Spanish, but it's a little broken. So. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. able to make some conversation. But, I, you know, that's something I want to brush up on and, and do a little bit more so that way I'm more fluent with the Spanish. French I just okay. thought was beautiful and I love it, but there's a lot more Spanish-speaking than French speakers that I come yes. across. So. French is <sighs> a very,
1: it's a very flow, flowetic, I should say, what have oh, they yes. say, it, flowetic language of love. <laughs> mm-hmm, it is. Yes, very cool. And, uh, it's so <laughs> You have to pronounce the word with the hyphen, and you know it's just it's it's amazing. Languages are truly amazing because they're similar, but you just have to learn the words in order to communicate. But they have a lot of meaning and similarities uh, Mm -hmm. in languages. It's just that we have to cross that barrier. To learn each other's language so that we could best communicate with one another, and I think if the world, you know, if we just encourage, especially our young people, to really learn many different languages, because the world is vastly becoming quite diverse, um, yeah. and now that they're finding with you different, you know, nationalities, um, different ethnic groups coming to school they must learn to communicate with one another, especially Hispanic, you have some Muslim, you have some Korean. Um, It's just, are you finding that to be uh, a problem with some of the young people uh, communicating with one another? The language Um, barrier? I
3: definitely do, because I think that stems from, like, the importance of it. So if you, family where... You know, we're we're really taught to expand on our knowledge, especially learning other languages. It's not something that's seen as a priority for mm-hmm. for our for our youth and our those that are older. So they kind of stick to what they know. Not, they're not up for the challenge. So I do see that as being an issue because once you do know these different languages, there's opportunities career wise, financially, a uh, financial increase. Will happen when you're in these opportunities because you can get to travel um, and meet other people. You can work for various organizations. You can do translation services, whether it's written form or verbal. So there mm-hmm. is a huge opportunity, and because there's not enough, um, the competition is is there, but it's not because there's not. They still need more people to have those skill sets to be able mm-hmm. to speak the languages. So there's, the pay is really, really good for that. Um, oh, so, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. So definitely a need for that. So, you know, languages I know usually start, when you learn a language in school, usually start in, like, 6th, 7th grade. And some cer- cer- certain schools they learn, like my cousin goes to, like, this special private school, and she's bilingual because she learned from when she was really young so it's just mm-hmm. a part of her curriculum. So it also depends on your, you know, your upbringing and your your background and what you've been exposed to, but honestly, the earlier the better. You know, you can learn at yes. any age, but the younger you are, you pick it up like a sponge and it just becomes a habit. It's just it's normal for you. But when you're older, it's a little bit harder to grasp cuz you already know the foundation for the English language and you have to try to make the connections a little bit more.
1: More, yes, true. But it's
3: just a little bit more challenging.
1: What I found when I, you know, mentor with the young, with the young, the young girls I'm mentoring here, is the language barrier, especially Hispanic, and when they're in school, like say they come now in the middle of translating mm-hmm. and trying to reading, and then the the reading is not in Spanish, but it is in English, and you know, a lot of the young girls they find it, you know, challenging because they now have to come up to speed, and some of them are in the bilingual bilingual classes and still have to learn to translate the English to Spanish and the Spanish to English. Um, You know, and some of them have been here for a while and they don't know how to speak Spanish, which I found very strange. Um, You know, they can, but they they don't do it fluently. Let me say it that way. But they hear it because their parents, um, yeah. You know, they... So definitely,
3: mm-hmm. there's like a cultural aspect to all of that too, because you have some families where they once they come to like America, for example, some families believe that they shouldn't continue to speak their native tongue. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's in every family, but that's also part of the challenge. So children don't necessarily learn their native language because they're now in America. There should they should assimilate to learning the. Um, English, but then they don't have the foundational skills to learn the English because the parents don't have that background. So mm-hmm. that w- that's what puts the child back, and, and it takes more and more time. And, they and, and you know, children improve over time in the curriculum and what they have to learn, but, you know, th- the studies do show it takes, I think they said about seven years to really almost perfect the English language if you're, like, starting off learning it. So that's a long... Know. Amount of years, yeah. So I'm also an ENL coordinator. I work with the, our English language learners population, so I also uh, support our English language learners, our ENL teachers that work with uh, those students that come in that have a limited level of English. So, you know, I do professional development for them, teach them different skill sets, and as well as best practices for working with our English language learners. So those are one of the studies that we come across is that it could take a number of years, but then they also have to understand the culture aspect and be able to relate to students, because it's for anyone learning a language. They're shy, they're quiet, they're withdrawn. Um, mm-hmm. They want to feel accepted. So those are that's part of the training that I have to give to the instructor to the teachers is that um, being able to relate and especially speaking the language, even if you're not fully. Um, at the proficiency level, but being able to relate and speak to them, and knowing that it's okay um, to go at your own pace and not to know, not know everything. But we're here to help, support you, and help you grow and learn. So wow. it is helpful when they learn the language, the, the instructors. So when they work with the students, but also understanding their cultural background. Just because everyone speaks Spanish in a group, they all have different nu- nuances. You know, if one's from Colombia or El Salvador, you know they mm-hmm. speak differently. They have different dialects, so you have to be mindful of all those things. You know, I never thought about that. I always thought at,
1: at, at El Salvador, um, they they speak Spanish or they have a different dialect outside they of. They all
3: do, Shavonna. <laughs> all of the all of those areas, or those regions, the different countries they speak Spanish, but there's different types and there's different nuances wow. and ways that they pronounce letters and sounds. So you, so that, that's another part of the training is you're, if you know how someone from that certain region speaks, you're not going to hold it against them because you know that that's how they pronounce the word. So you're there to just help them figure it out better. It's not that it's a deficiency that they're speaking that way, but it's because that's what they're used to in their language and how they speak. I never yes, it can be thought about
1: <laughs> No, I'm not to cut you off. It's just that I never thought about that part or that aspect of it, uh, the different cultures in Hispanic communities, oh yeah, uh, whether it's Salvador, whether they're from Mexico, Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico,
3: Honduras, Mhm.
1: very distinct language that they they have a very thick accent in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, you know, I just never thought about the different, they, you know, different dialect or the different mm-hmm. pronunciations oh, in yeah. those languages because I thought they were all similar.
3: Mm-hmm. Somewhat similar, oh. but then there's differences that we have to be mindful of. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Well, you know, you
1: are, I'm just very impressed with you because you are a dynamic educator. You You come from many different aspects. With such great leadership and professionalism, that you. are listening, that are is are looking for an administrator who is well-rounded, educated, powerful, comes with a lot of different dynamic and uh, tools that are very creative for educational. Um, you'll be able to reach out to Miss Nicole Carr, um, Passion to Purpose blog org is her website, but we're going to continue our dialogue with her because we're going to talk about Passion to Purpose. Yes. When did you birth Passion to Purpose? Because <laughs> we know your Passion to Purpose is just coming all through all seven angles that God has really blessed the avenue.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, we thank go. you.
1: So when did you birth Passion to Purpose? What is Passion to Purpose to you? And what does it bring, and what will it bring to our listeners?
3: So I am coming into my third year in August that I have developed mm-hmm. Passion to Purpose. Um, mm-hmm. It started off as a blog, and the blog site, which is now both a blog site and website, passion to purpose blog. Mm-hmm. Org, um, was basically motivational posts, all motivational, mm-hmm. um, and ways to overcome challenges. Ways to overcome mm-hmm. your fears, ways to pursue your dreams. And basically, the things that I have experienced personally, I basically displayed that in my writing through these blog pieces on the website. And mm-hmm. it was amazing to get responses from all over the world on the blog site uh, that said, you know, thank you so much for the encouragement. Those are some great ideas and great strategies. I'll incorporate them in my life. So it's just something that came natural to me, whether I did it through the website or whether I had conversations with my friends and family. It's just a natural thing for me to the point where I almost didn't even recognize that. And But it would always be pointed out by the people around me that's around me. So, That's why, hence, I call myself the passion coach, because I instill a lot of passion. And when I speak to people, the one thing they always say is, Nicole, you speak with a lot of passion. Yes. (laughs) You know, it comes with that knowledge is because of the passion that I put behind it. You know, I'm spending my time in things that I'm passionate about. So that's why I'm very passionate about sharing those things to other people. Um, A lot of people that navigate toward me are people who say, because they see I exude that passion and interest, they come to me saying, you know, Nicole, I'm not quite sure where I am in life or where I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to be doing. You seem to have a hold of your, you know, what avenue you're going through. Can you guide me and show me, you know, how to do that? And, you know, I used to help people with resumes and cover letters, finding jobs. I was always like the go-to knowledgeable person. You know, mm-hmm. so it kind of developed from all of that to what the website is today, and then from there, I decided to seek a lot of opportunities for personal development. I made a lot of connections with other entrepreneurs and people doing different things in the field, especially in the in the life coaching. Um so that's something I'm into right now um, and in the mentoring aspect. and basically, once I started connecting with others, um I got invited to come to different events. Showcase the book that I collaborated with on financial empowerment uh-huh. as well as be a guest speaker. So, uh-huh. you know, things uh-huh. are moving and shaking, and I'm just so excited for these opportunities and meeting amazing people who are passionate about what they're doing and have these strong interests and want to see me succeed. I want to see them succeed. And it's so important to be around people who are motivated, motivated, who encourage, who uplift you, and that's what it's all about. Because it's not about you; it's about the gifts that you bring to the table, the gifts that God has instilled mm-hmm. to give, make an impact in the world and to help others. You know.
0: That so that is. It. <laughs>
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. So, some of the trainings that you do
1: with Passion to Purpose. What are some of the trainings that you do offer through your Passion to Purpose?
3: Okay, so one of the things I started off with are the vision board um, workshops. So they can mm-hmm. be more technical into vision workshops, or I can also do vision board parties where people come together. It's more of like a, a fun-based um, activity. There's music, there's food. You know, it depends on the crowd and what they're looking for. Um, but I also do one-to-one coaching with the vision boards. I, can do, I do groups. Um, and the ones I've done before, we focus on, you know, you know, a whole going through the goals, the smart goals, and creating our our vision boards. What does that look like? You know, what kind mm-hmm. of things do we have on our vision boards? So I go through the whole spiel of that. So that's one of the that's one of the workshops that I offer is vision boarding. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
3: Another one is based on my experience of being a professional development trainer. I offer workshops I'm working to going into the different schools and sharing uh, my knowledge of special education, um, educational leadership, relationship building, collaboration very big on that. Um, right now I have various teams that I work with and I you know the whole idea of um, collaboration and relationship building is key to having effective teams. So I'm very knowledgeable on that. Um, also have knowledge on understanding the different Um, learning styles of team members Uh and how to get along. You know, I've had a lot of uh, background with that. So, you know, even offering different assessments to groups of people so they can figure out what their learning style is and how they complement and work with other people. So that's Uh something that I offer to organizations and schools and businesses. Um, And also the one-to-one coaching, mentoring that I offer as well through my program.
1: Okay. And then you know what?
3: booking for and also booking for like speaking events cuz I've been doing that. Speaking events. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: When you're working with people in vision
1: boarding, mm-hmm. what do you find are some of their struggles in seeing putting the vision together? What are you finding are some of the struggles for a lot of people to connect to their vision board?
3: Um, not believing that it's possible, they mm. have to come to the to to the grips a reality that they have to know that they're worth they're worth, and they're valued, and that whatever they decide to do, they can do it they just have to lay the groundwork for it um and wow. one of the new things that I've seen recently that I incorporated when I did. The vision board workshop is that we tell them To take a picture of themselves whether it's An old picture or a recent picture Put it in the middle of the vision board As they're creating the space Around it with all the things that they visualize So that it can become more real Sometimes people create these Boards without their picture for example And then they think well that's not really For me that's for somebody else They disassociate themselves away because They still can't come to grips that This is something they could actually do Mm -hmm. And It is something you could do because I believe in it wholeheartedly. There's a lot of people out there that are highly successful that started off with vision boards. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to some people it's, oh, there's just pieces of pictures and drawings all over a board, but it's more than that because there's studies that show about writing it down and drawing it and thinking about it. So my next thing is putting it into action. So a big part of what I do is we have to envision Talk, write it down, talk about it, but the next steps is holding yourself accountable and putting into action. That's where the coaching comes in, the group coaching and the one-on-one coaching, because we can talk about things till we're blue in the face, but we need to put um, action into what we do. You know, it's just like someone who gets a lot of information and personal development, um, and but if they're not putting into action, it's not serving them the purpose that it's there for
0: you know, mm-hmm. so
3: that's one of the things is making it come alive. So once they do the vision board, there should be, there's follow-ups. So it's not just the one time you do the vision board, which some people may do, but it's following up a week later, two weeks later, a month later. What have you done from the time you created that vision board? Have you taken those small steps to make those big outcomes that you're looking for? You know, oh, and mm-hmm. then there's different, and there's the different sections. You have financial, you have health and wellness. You have career education. You know, there's so many things you could do with the vision board. But you you do it to a point where you take these concepts and then you break it down from the vision board by doing some journaling, writing down, and you break it yeah. down even more. Yeah. And that's where, that, that's where more of that coaching comes in from the vision board. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't end up being just a big fancy board just laid in the corner collecting dust. It's something you should look back and revisit. You should um, – also incorporate a journal, with check a checkbook system or whatever to say, I've done this, I've done that. It's also about breaking down the tasks so it doesn't seem so overwhelming. And I know we all struggle with that. We think of all the things we want to do. We get overwhelmed and frustrated. Then we become numb. But if you break down for each section of the tasks, you can say, today I can do this. By the end of the week I can do this. It's doable. It becomes doable. You want doable. everything that you think about to become doable.
1: Exactly. And realistic. And, you know, and
3: realistic. Mhm. And realistic.
1: You know, the one thing I do tell um the young people, you know, when I do the vision boarding with them, I encourage them to write their vision. Because your vision always changing. I don't care how old you are. Mm-hmm. Your vision will always change no matter how you Write the vision and make it plain. Even though it comes, it starts to come to fruition, you're changing. And, you know, what I found to be the most challenging, even for myself, and to recognize it. And, you know, before January rolled around, God, you know, I remember praying and God was talking to me about self-love, self-assurance, self-esteem. All that plays an intricate part of who you are becoming. And even though you have, you know what, Nicole, I can do this. Oh, man, I'm doing this. Nicole, purpose to passion, you know, I'm doing this. I'm bringing it out here. I'm teaching leadership. You know, I'm doing everything that's within me. But if we don't really love ourselves, even though you've written it down, even though you've made it plain, even though everything is coming together, if you're not loving yourself in all of this, it can derail some of your vision. I a hundred percent agree. And it your self-esteem, even though you know you can do it, you know, and then that doubt, that's when the doubt seeps in. It seeps in, and you're like, why am I feeling this way? You feel overwhelmed, like, you know what, why am I feeling this way? I've, I've written this plan. I've, I see the board. I'm excited. And you get that fear because I get it. It grips me. Um, it Just like now I have a speaking engagement in October. I have plenty of time to prepare for it, I know what's in me, it needs to come out. But the challenge for a lot of people is when they write that vision board is when that self-doubt, that fear grips them. It's like, why am I even doing this? Why am I even going to quit my job even though you know that this is where you're supposed to be? You know that this is your avenue. But yes, you gotta keep you gotta keep your lights on, you gotta do this to, to keep functioning. At some point you're going to stop and start your own business. Are you finding that in a lot of women or people you encounter today in your workshops?
3: Definitely. Um, what is interesting is the niche of females. Um, women empowerment is a huge niche because a lot of times at females, we are the ones that take the back burner of our desires and our hopes and our dreams because we're such nurturers in the point where we take care of others and not ourselves. So that yeah. self-love mm-hmm. and all of those things tie into, in particular, that niche of women because mm-hmm. women hold back what they what they have truly wanted to do, and now if they get to a point where they're starting to want to flourish and do those things, there's a sense of guilt, you know, there's a yeah. sense of yeah. not feeling worthy enough or equipped enough because they've put themselves in the back burner to take care of the family, you know. Exactly. So that's an interesting aspect and we're, we're also talking about men too and, and, you know, them also going through challenges and things of that nature, but I'm bringing that up, you know, in particular because that is a niche that I have actually been a part of, and obviously being a female, <laughs> um, being relatable to, to that. Um, so, you know, practicing self um, and having the faith, um, having some type of faith is so important, and be having some type of discipline for yourself. You know, we all have the power to choose, but, you know, how are we choosing and what does that look like for us? And is it healthy for us? Is it Mm -hmm. going to propel us into a better space? You know, so, yes, we all have the opportunity to choose and make choices and things of that nature, but, you know, what is our goal? What are we striving for? How does it impact us and the people around us? Because, obviously we're all on this earth for a reason and we all impact each other in some sort of way or fashion, whether we realize it or not directly or indirectly, you know, so we, we just need to be mindful of, of what we do and, and, you know, in the world because we, we can make a difference. And if we want to make a difference, we need to go about it a certain way. Um, Yeah. So, and also they talk about having a tribe, so you do have to love yourself and you do have to feel it within yourself to in order to love others and and get that love back. But it's also important because we're not again in the world alone to find a tribe of people that are genuinely sincere and supportive and encouraging. You know, a lot of times sometimes we surround ourselves around people that are naysayers that are very that criticize us and put us down, not necessarily because they're just mean, but because they're, they have their own inhibitions, their own fears, their own mm-hmm. setbacks, and what they do is they put that on you, and you internalize yeah, it yeah. as, oh, I'm not good enough. So you have to be very careful of who you surround yourself around because they may say, oh, it's just what's best for you, but no, it's not necessarily. It's because they have those fears and anxieties, and they can't see themselves doing it, so they can't imagine you doing that. So just be very mm-hmm. careful about who you are around. When you're exactly. pursuing your hopes and your dreams and things of that nature, so because um, you, then you'll never pursue and you'll never get ahead if you're always concerned about what people think and feel and say, you know. Mm. I call <laughs> them the dream the dream, dream killers. killers.
1: They are the yeah. dreams. Not only that, they're your dream snatchers. Be yeah. careful what you share with people, because yes. even though. That vision has been instilled with you, given to you, had plans for, has plans for you to carry out. Be careful and mindful what you share with whom. Make sure they're in your tribe. That is yes. one thing for people. You know, a lot of people will come and they'll call you. You know, I just called because I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, I was very intrigued by your vision board. You know, what is going on with you? Do you want to share? Mm-hmm. You know, you normally don't talk to this person. It's like, why are they calling me? You know, just just, just like Sarah, that's a whole different story. But you have to be mindful, Nicole, and you are so right. Be mindful who is in your tribe. Know who's in your tribe. Know who. It's got your back. Know who's praying with you. That is the key to a lot of different things because a lot of people come to kill, steal, and destroy. That might sound crazy to a
3: lot of people, but it's real. It's real. It's very, very real. Very, very real. It's very
1: real. Women. But we won't, you know, we won't get into that aspect of it (laughs) because I know that (laughs) there's a lot you know, there's a lot to really address and passion to purpose. And I, I know that when you're speaking to a lot of women, especially especially now, um, it, it's got to be somewhat challenging and sometimes frustrating. Now, I wouldn't say frustrating for you, but it, a lot of people are stuck in that same place. It's like you yeah. get stuck and you just can't move. You can't Move an inch, because if you move an inch, something else goes in your go- comes in your way. You go to the right, something else is blocking you. You go to the left. You know, what do you tell somebody who's blocked, who's trying to get past that block that you just feel so frustrated that you just want to tear everything up and walk away? You just blocked. It's just that, you know how you get a block, or it's just like something's not letting you move past wherever you have elevated to. And you just know that you can get past it, but something is just blocking and hindering you. What would you encourage somebody at
0: that well, moment? in
3: Well, at that moment in time, I, well, I'll speak from one experience. I would get out my journal and start writing out my thoughts. Whatever those mm. thoughts are, it could be a negative feeling, a negative emotion, a negative feeling, emotion, thought. Write it out, and and ultimately, after I do that, I look at it. And I feel a little bit better, or mm-hmm, I just kind of, mm-hmm. or to just kind of look at some of the things I wrote down. Um, like they say, we tell these, tell ourselves these stories, these thoughts, these feelings, and we create that and make that our reality when necessarily, not ne- it's not necessarily our reality, but we we create that for ourselves as a comfort or to make ourselves feel better. But um, just getting that out there is one one way to do that. Another way is to kind of physically block yourself, if you possibly can, from external influences. And, you know, even if it's to take a day or several hours of time for yourself to, like, just relax and calm yourself down so you could kind of rejuvenate and think and and somehow unblock and unwind your mind. Um, because, again, mm-hmm. we get so worked up in our daily hustle, to bust, hustle and bustle, doing this, taking care of this, and a lot of times it has to do with you know, taking care of other people's needs. So the people that are able to focus, for the most part, that are able to regroup and do those things, take self-care very seriously. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is something that I am learning. I've never really been good at that, I'm slowly getting better and better, yes, because I naturally worry about everybody else except for myself. And, you know, you're falling apart. What good are you if if your cup is half, barely half full? Your cup has to be flowing, like they say, with abundance, overflow, so that way you could just provide and support everybody. But that means you have to ultimately take care of yourself first. And, you know, and it's not being selfish when you take care of yourself You know, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't be productive. You can't be successful for others and and do all those things you need to do. So I'm learning to take that more seriously um, Uh and be able to regroup and rejuvenate so that I could be a blessing, continue to be a blessing for others. But I have to appreciate myself and respect my body, my one vessel that God has given me. I have to treat it right so that way I can produce, you know. That well, that's is true. Really, so that's a big important aspect um, is to write it down, get your thoughts out, um, separate yourself from the external factors that are currently distracting you, if you can get some time away, even if it's a day or so, um, just uh-huh. to relax and, and to think. Yeah. You know, that is, that is true.
1: And I noticed you teach – Leadership development. So mm-hmm. in your vision training, how do you incorporate that leadership piece in your, in your vision training?
3: So there, depending on what your interests are, so like I said, with the vision board, there could be certain angles uh, depending on the group and, and, and depending on the topic and what we're focusing on. So if it's career-based, you know, in any career there, there is a level of leadership that has to take place um, in terms of working with others, collaborating. So there are certain skill sets that I start with, and one of the things I focus on is what is your learning style? What is it that you are able to do or can do or have an interest in, and how, do you, how does that play out when you work with others? because at the end of the day we all have to learn how how to work with each other you know mm-hmm. in order to be successful and to do what we have to do um whatever the mission the goals are so instilling certain skills leadership wise is something that we go through when we start with our leadership or learning styles you know with certain mm-hmm. with uh with the clients when they're working on the vision boards so Got that's you. one of the things yeah I think we
1: have a caller who has a question. So I am going to let them ask a the question. Caller one 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 one, do you have a question or a comment?
4: Yeah, um, I do actually have a question. Um I was gonna ask, um, what advice do you have for um especially teenagers? Um, as I feel they have a lot going on in their lives, you know, leading up to calls and all that. But the best ways for them to, you know, to release some of their stress you know, especially you know before tests and all that.
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I would say that they would definitely need to decide if they would want to write stuff down just to kind of relieve their tension, or you know find a place that makes them feel good, that that kind of clears away the anxiety. You know, some kids like to listen to music. They might need just like a space to unwind be around positive, you know, positive people. Um, So, you know, those are the things that they can do to kind of relieve their tension, Um, maybe focus on doing an activity that brings, like, happy thoughts, whether it's painting or maybe doing some type of exercise activity. Um, So those are some things they can engage in to kind of release their stress but um overthinking about the tests and the exams i mean i know the kids i work with at school that they get very anxious about that they have to really kind of step away and just focus on just being calm and and relaxing because you know once that test comes you got to do your best but you have to just kind of you know take a take a breather take a break <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is so, so true. Um, you know, that's that's an interesting question.
0: Um,
1: I that a lot of young people who have a lot of anxieties, and, you know, some kids do not like to take written tests, and I'm trying to find out why can't we have alternatives for those kids who learn in different, because there's four different ways to learning. I forgot the four different basic. There's visual, they're hands on, kinesthetic, you know,
3: visual, audio. Um, yeah, audio, kinesthetic, visual. Uh, what did I say? The last one. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah. So remember. You know, you're
1: on the same line. I'm trying to figure out why. You know, when you want our kids to learn, and each kid, each child has a different way of learning, Mm -hmm. and why can't we incorporate that in our learning and teaching our children? I know that when they go to school, uh, the classes are, especially in um, public school, some of the classes Mm -hmm. are over, over, they have a lot more students than they should, but... Mm -hmm. How we can counteract in teaching our children um, and learning each way that they learn. When I did a summer program, we did that. We had a psychologist, a school psychologist, and we did a little project where we talked to each child, kind of got to know them to learn their learning style because there's different ways to teach each child to help them connect with who they are. And yes. I know that there's a way to do it. Um, I just wish, you know, we could incorporate it in some way in our education and our teachers to help them help our children advance more. Because a lot of them get bored easily because yes. of, you know, the way that it's being taught and they're saying they're acting out, they're misbehaving. It's just that they're bored with the way that they're being taught. So I'm just I always wonder why why can't in our educational system we can't find a way that would help each child connect in those linguistic teaching ways. Why is it so hard for us to incorporate that, Nicole? Why? why? So I mean, that's, I, a, you know.
3: that's actually a com- a very good but also complex question and it's yes. definitely not a new question <laughs> as well. And yes. it's been around for a long time. It's very controversial. Um, Mm -hmm. To some aspects, I do do that in the terms of that I am an experienced special education teacher, and being that I am in that field, I bring a wealth of knowledge in um, learning styles and and best practices and things of that nature. So I actually, on the level I'm at, I do teach those things to the teachers. Now, when it comes to the New York State exams, for example, and those huge norm reference tests, they are not set up that way. And I think Mm -hmm. that ties more into the politics of education Mm -hmm. that I can't really speak too much on. um, Mm -hmm. But I think it goes deeper in that. But on the surface level of in the classroom, doing activities, you know, kids may do portfolios at the end of the year, they may do a play, they have other ways of showing what they know. I do training specifically on that. And that is some of the trainings that I actually offer through Passion to Purpose on the, on the professional development side because I have mm. a wealth of knowledge that I share with teachers for best practices to do that. Um, I even have them understand that we also have children who are gifted that we need to be Mm -hmm. mindful of. It's not just students that are struggling with their reading all the time. We have kids Mm -hmm. that are bored because they're not being challenged. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there's an aha moment with some of the teachers when I bring them up because they're so inundated with kids that are not Mm -hmm. reading on level. They're not thinking about, they're leaving behind those kids in the class that are not being tended to because they're already doing what they're supposed to be doing. They don't have behaviors, issues. Mm. They're reading, but they're just mm. on the wayside because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So we're not even engaging in them as much. So it definitely, I definitely understand that concept, and you know, I'm trying to address that the best way I can in my role in the schools. Um, but wow. there's a lot of challenges that can be very big and overwhelming. But little by little, you know, what I do with my training and and modeling and different things like that. On a surface level, I've been working with the teachers on focusing on how to address those things.
1: Wow. Amazing.
3: <laughs> it is. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing
1: that. I'm sorry, um, what is your name, caller? I, I didn't want to be rude. That was rude. I should have oh. asked you. <laughs>
3: sorry.
4: Yeah, uh, my name is uh, um, Bartholomew. Hi, Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Um, yeah, so I, I just I really appreciate the response because, you know, I'm actually a teenager myself. Um okay. but and actually you you guys are talking about special ed, um I actually uh have autism myself but it's uh, in the form of asking oh. Um but okay. it actually because of that I'm you know considered quote unquote gifted. But um, you know, I, I feel yeah, you know, I feel with teachers, you know, they need to you know, tell which kid is, you know, struggling which one's you know, far ahead and play off their strengths.
3: Yes, thank you for bringing that up. So that is another thing I do. Um, One of the things that I struggle with, you know, because we all have our challenges with when we work with adults, when we work with professionals, um, is that their focus is on the negative and what the child can't do and won't do. Mm -hmm. I said, play on the strengths and interests of the children. What are mm-hmm. they able to do that you can do a scaffolding of and work on, and what are their interests? Like you had just mentioned, Shivana about how they're bored and disengaged. If you focus on their interests, for example, and I'm just bringing this up as an example, a child may like um, animals or sports. You incorporate that in your lessons, um, mm-hmm. and then the kids perk up because you're talking about a topic of interest. Um, Mm -hmm. When you're reading books in class, you're choosing topics of interest of the children. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, like you said, kinesthetic, audio-visual. Now with technology, there's a lot of programs that play music. We have things, I don't know if you've heard of flow vocabulary. It's like hip-hop and rap, but they're learning concepts. Nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with that. You know, that's the Mm -hmm. culture, hip-hop, rap, music. But, you know, we all know that when we learn the mnemonic devices and all those things, that we have music behind it, never forget uh-huh. it. So, uh-huh. And that's just part of, you know, scientifically with research and everything. So when you incorporate those things, even when they're 20, 30 years old, they'll never forget that because you have the yeah. music behind it, the rhyme, all of those things. So uh-huh. that's one of some of the things that I, uh, when I work with the teachers, that I uh, instill in them when I do the trainings and the workshops. Interesting. Ooh, <laughs> great <doc>. shot.
4: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is
1: definitely key.
3: Key. Is
1: there anything else you want to share, Bartholomew?
4: Uh, that's all, please. I appreciate
3: it. Thank oh, you for no calling. F- thank you
1: for all calling. Right,
4: you
3: I hope that was helpful. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, But yes, that is um, key to a lot of things and. Um, this has been a great conversation. I, I really, you know, like the dialogue because it is sometimes the parents who are frustrated because you have a lot of parents who are frustrated because they're trying to figure out why is it their child can't connect or why is he still in special education or, you know, it's just, it, it is frustrating. But, and then, in the well, that's a whole other aspect. So we yeah, are we going to go
3: on to so many avenues, <laughs> but I will say this, because I'm very big on this, relationships, relationships, relationships. That's actually how I end a lot of my workshops. When yeah. our staff members, our teachers deal with our students, you have to build some sort of a relationship. Um, with the child and I'm not saying you have to know everything about the child, but if there's at least one or two things Yes, there's a sea of 30 children in each class and you know teachers are like how am I supposed to get to know all of them? You get to know them on a certain level and you will have to go out your way to some extent to get to know those children And when you do that You wouldn't be surprised Children will know that you care, and they will do for you because you know, they know that you are there to help them learn, help them grow.
0: Exactly. You know,
3: I don't necessarily teach children right now, but because they know what I do, I get the, the amount of hugs I get, the amount of kids that want to sit down and have lunch with me. And I don't need to mm. teach them. But I work with their families. I work with them. I provide services, whether it's through special education. And kids are very smart. You don't have to yeah. really say anything to them directly, but it's what they see, your actions, and what you do. And they'll just mm-hmm. come up to you. They'll say, like, I have kids that just, and I love it. I feel like a movie star with our children because
0: they're <laughs> like hugging <laughs> me. <I> oh, <don't
3: laughs> car and it's like a big to-do and I love it because I feel so good you know that I feel like I'm making an impact and these children care and the ch- and you know that they want the help and the services so that's where all that passion is constantly grows because I'm passionate about what I do with the with the teachers the teachers come to me in excitement and and appreciation I see the outcome. I see how their children are getting better. The families show appreciation. Um, I work with them. I provide resources to them outside, um, whether it's in school, and they're very appreciative. They see their children improving. So it's a big challenge. There's a lot to do, but it's the little successes that I see happening that I also have to point out, you know.
1: hmm Exactly. Mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely agree with you, uh, yeah. Nicole, in this um It is something. It's a work in progress, and I see you making many inroads. Um, I hear it in your voice, especially when I talk to you.
3: (laughs) Everybody says, "Thank you."
1: You know, the conversations are very stimulating. I do take in everything you say, and I do not let let anything fall to the ground. But a lot of young kids, especially. Youth today, with everything that is going on in their lives, they feel useless, faithless, relationshipless, um, fatherless, motherless. But it's discernment. A lot of young people are discerning in you that you care. Um, and I notice, uh, especially in schools, you you know, I remember when. I'm 54, I'm, I'm proud to say I'm 54. When we went to school, you know, you if your teacher, they would always say, "You know what? I'm proud of you. Um good job." I mean, yes. you know, encourage. Now, you the teacher can't hug you, you know, really have some kind yes. of relationship with you because of everything that is happening. I'm just blown away by some of the things that I see on the news and social media in their interaction with children, but that's a whole other story. Yes. But children do discern when they know that there is love in the atmosphere.
3: 100%.
1: Feel it. Mhm. And they feel that percent. passion. That's passion love. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it cannot be misconstrued for anything else, but the passion and desire for you to see them succeed. And that's yes. what they sense. In you, because I sense it every time I talk to you So I, oh, I, I mean, you. I know you <laughs> it's, it's I know that point, you're doing yeah. great work And I know thank that you. There's a lot of great things about to come I know we didn't get to talk about a lot of things um, But we're going to have you back Oh yes we are, we're going to have A uh, great dialogue with you And conversation um, But before you go I want you to tell us a little bit about I Hate Being Broke <laughs> um, and uh we'll go on to something else after that. But tell us about your segment in I Hate Being Broke. Um what are what are some of the things that you touched on or, you know, in the book touches on as well.
3: So it's a very interesting book that I'm excited to be um a part of. Uh collectives of stories, real stories. Um, a lot of the authors I know personally Came from struggles, um, different challenges. There is mm-hmm. uh, a male author, and there's well. mostly them are females, but really great stories of how they overcame obstacles um, and challenges in life, and now they are successful, or you know, going through the journey. And they provide tools and tips and strategies on how to financially empower yourselves, how to grow your money increase your net worth, and to get such a multitude of ideas from people in various areas of entrepreneurship is exciting. Um, And right off the bat, there's a CD, because it's technically a home study course um, that comes with a, yeah, so there's a reflection. You actually get a little pen with it and everything. But there's a a reflection (laughs) piece in there and a CD that gives you a bonus of 100 things you could start off right away to make money. Great oh, ideas that you probably wouldn't even think of that you can make money right away, a hundred things, and then within the home study course book is all the different stories from people and you know how to succeed in different areas. My particular chapter is on turning passion into profit and, mm. <laughs> excuse me, and it's geared toward finding your passion, your interests, you know when they talk about you know. Find something you love to do, and you know the money will co- will come the money will follow and and that is true to some extent, you know a lot of times, even our young ones, we talk about oh, I got to do a career where I make a lot of money but statistic statistics show that you have people who are chasing money for years and they end up being in a miserable situation, they're not happy and it doesn't even matter if they're making six figures because they're yeah. not pursuing something of interest. They're doing it because of the money. So you know, there's just a way to go about it. But you should always—I'm very big on this—be authentic to who you are, um, mm. and then the connections will flow, the opportunities will flow. But you have to know yourself really well, um, and and take on those opportunities that you know that will foster those things within you and your interest. And so that—that's a big one. So my particular mm-hmm. chapter is really good. It talks about, you know, ways to develop, you know, creating funds for yourself, especially if you're coming from working full-time to becoming a budding entrepreneur or if you're already in entrepreneurship. So there's different levels of entrepreneurship within the book, you know. Mm-hmm. So okay. so it's really good, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, mm-hmm. it's relatable because I think – Everyone has said, I hate being broke, or I have used the term broke um, yeah. in their vocabulary. So we want to get rid of that in terms of turning your financial pain into profit, you profit. know, and that's basically what the subtitle is, you know, and lessons to overcome that. Mm-hmm. And these are lessons tried and true. So you're getting real-life, you know, stories from people who And then you get um, contact information From all of these people So you can reach out to them Learn more about their businesses And things of that nature
1: So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunities
3: for that Mm
1: -hmm. Death and and life is in the power of the tongue And in the power of Your power of thought Is Mm -hmm. key Everything Your state of mind Is key to everything So I am truly, truly excited um, for what is to come, and I really, really thank you, uh, Nicole, for coming to share. Um, Before we go, though, I would love for you to leave your contact information so that people can connect with you, follow you, um, get a hold of you for speaking engagements, um, or any other information you want to leave for them to our listeners, please do so.
3: And in, sure. in, I
1: want It's to a great word of advice before we go.
3: Okay. So my contact information, um, in particular, when you talked about the book and the blog, everything is on my website, passion dot org. P-A-S-S-I-O-N, the number two, P-U-R-P-O-S-E-B-L-O-G, passion dot org. Um, you can also email me at info at NicoleJCarr.com. Uh, you can also call and contact me at 631-533-2338. Um, all of this information is on my website and social media. I'm also on Instagram at nicolej.car. I also have a Passion to Purpose 1 Instagram as well, um, that's been put up. I'm also on YouTube, Nicole J. Carr. I'm also on Twitter. I'm pretty much across all the social media, Facebook, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and also on the website. Now, in terms of just leaving some good advice, um, I can go on and on, but I won't do that. <laughs> uh, but I have a lot of good sayings, um, and you know, one of the things I would definitely say is discover your gifts, talents and abilities, create the life of your dream dreams, inspire yourself and others to make a difference in the world. And I say that because those are the pillars of passion and purpose. Is to discover, mm-hmm. create and inspire. And mm. surrounding that is all of the different activities and workshops and things that I do but again it ties to discovering who you are with authenticity creating and putting into action your dreams and all the things that you want to envision that want to come to life, and inspiring yourself to know that you can do it, know your self-worth, your value, and in turn inspiring others who also need that testimony, who also need that encouragement, and, and allow for them to flourish and be successful. So one of the things I realized for myself was with all my inhibitions, all my fears, and I'm not saying that that just disappears, but, you know, slowly I'm realizing that God's instilled all these gifts and talents within me, and if I keep withholding that and playing small, I'm stopping myself from blessing others to be, to be successful in the world because they need to hear from me. They need to know that the struggles are, can be common and that we can get through this and go through the channel, challenges and make it. So, you know, I want to be able to be a uh, blessing and influence to others in a positive manner.
1: Amen. I definitely, Amen. I really enjoy this conversation. And like I said, we have you back. And I want to thank you for leaving that word of encouragement. Um, we look forward. Anything that you have going on, please reach out to All About Us Radio. Uh, and let us know, and you know we'll get it out so that they will know. And I know that we will have some upcoming projects together as well. Yep. Uh, and I know you have any upcoming projects that you want to share with us before you leave as well. So
3: there's an event coming up this Saturday, a beauty soirée. I'm actually going to be co-hosting uh, a segment. It's it's mostly women's empowerment. Um, all are welcome. Uh, The focus is on honoring, embracing, and respecting the woman. It's called a her segment. Let her speak. So we're all. So I will be discussing um, connecting to passion and purpose. I will be guest speaker there, along with other fascinating guests. Um, There's going to be vendors there, raffles, prizes giveaway. It's taking place again on Saturday, May fourth, on my site, on Instagram, Facebook. You will see where you can purchase Eventbrite tickets for the event. A good friend of mine, it's her 6th year um of annual event. Um mm-hmm. she's a massage therapist um and all of the great stuff. So it's all about health and wellness um and education and empowerment. So and it's at a beautiful hotel, Indigo Hotel Out East in Eastern Long Island. So oh, definitely okay. if you can make it, it would be awesome. Okay. What part of Long Island is it in? Um, it is in, I think, I, don't know if it's, I, I apologize, I think it's Hamptons or, I have to okay, double Hamptons. check. Yeah, but okay, it's we'll out go. east. Yeah. Problem. We'll go and we'll check it
1: out. Um, but, uh, Nicole, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing with us. Uh, we look forward to having you come back and to share more with us. So, um, is there anything that you outside of what you said that you want to leave before you leave us tonight?:
3: I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, it was a pleasure, it was a blessing, and whoever's out there listening, don't give up. Um, keep pushing through. Um, we all have our struggles at times, but um, with faith, with encouragement, with motivation, inspiration, anyone, anything is possible. So if you need that encouragement, you need that help, you need that support, please reach out to me, um, easily accessible through social media. Um, you can give me a call. But I want to see you succeed. You know, we all have to succeed together in the world, and, and I'm about helping people be their best version of themselves.
1: Amen, amen. Well,
3: I love you. Thank you, Miss Nicole you Carr.
1: Too. We look forward to hearing from you. And I will talk with you soon Have a blessed evening
3: You too Good night everybody Thank you, Shivana.
1: Oh, you're welcome, Nicole I'll speak with you soon
3: Okay, bye
1: Bye-bye I want to thank you for listening to All About Us Radio And I thank Nicole for um, just giving us those nuggets of encouragement um, please stay tuned Join us throughout the week For different radio show segments We have coming up Remember we are now All About Us our Radio uh, We are an app You can hear us on Alexa You can hear us on Microsoft Google Play uh, Apple will be coming soon Samsung Roku We're very excited about it You can follow us on our website WEJFoundation.org um, I want to thank you for listening um, you can follow Nicole, or you can email her at info at Um I forgot her other. But I'll have that information up on Facebook as well uh, in the segment when I put out this show tonight. Um, but I am going to leave you with my favorite song, and that is Phyllis Hyman. You have to remember, know who you are, love who you are, respect who you are, and know where you're going. So I'm going to leave you with Phyllis Hyman. Remember who you are. I love you. I am Shavana Johnson, your host. Be blessed, and I will see you here next Monday. <laughs> I am Shavonna Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine, CEO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today, we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support.